0: the podcast that helps you fix your Catholic marriage while also giving you winning tactics for marriage problems, girlfriend problems, and intimacy problems for men. But moreover, where my main mission is to keep you out of divorce court and when marriage unchained, the art of one flesh, divorce combat coaching is the flavor of the day. While also helping men understand marriage and courting, not dating in the Catholic faith. Why? Because dating is for sex and courting is for marriage. In this 150 second episode, The Life from Hell, kids will survive your divorce and the 12 reasons that they won't. Plus, live phone calls from you answer your marriage in crisis questions. So get that cue for some resolution to your marriage. Confusion. And so, as we always do, we have the quote of the day, quote, Too many married people expect their partner to give that which only God can give, namely an eternal ecstasy. If man or woman could give that which the heart wants, he or she would be God. Wanting the ecstasy of love is right, but expecting it in the flesh, that is not on pilgrimage to God is wrong. The ecstasy is not an illusion. It is only the travel folder with its many pictures, urging the body and soul to make the journey to eternity. If the first ecstasy reaches its climax, it is an invitation not to love another, but to love in another way. And the other way is the Christ way. End quote. Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen, Book Three, To Get Married. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me to help you in yours. Get live Catholic marriage help Tuesday through Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern, for some resolution to your marriage confused. Hey, 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 we back, we back. So we going to talk about something that's a little difficult for folks these days. And, um, of course, as usual, a lot of things I say you're not going to like. But, man, if you really think about it in a logical way, even in an emotional way on this one, you will determine that many of the things I say, most of the things I see on this subject are correct. As usual, I'm not just saying this stuff. This is not my opinion. This is facts. I see it all the time in this society, and you do too, if you would open up your eyes and see it and choose to see it. And so what is that? What is the radical rant of the day? The radical rant of the day is the hell, the life from hell that kids will always survive a divorce. And I'm here to tell you that is serious lie. No kids survive a divorce. I'm 57 years old, I think, one of them ages. <laughs> and my parents were divorced, and me and my sister still ain't got over it. We still haven't got over it. So if I'm 57 and me and my sister who are older, mature, intelligent people have not gotten over our parents' divorce, what do you think a two-year-old, a five-year-old, a 10-year-old, a 15-year-old, an 18-year-old, what do you think they're going to see? You know, and that's the whole thing about this, man. We've got to stop thinking about ourselves and start thinking about the bigger scheme of the country, of the universe, of the family. Because the family, no matter how you want to look at, is the core of the universe. It is. People think, well, we get a divorce and our kids are going to be all right. But you don't even have a family anymore. You have a broken family. That is not a family. A broken family is not a family. And this is why I try so hard with all my strength, all my heart, all my soul to convince men to join my program. Because they have no clue talk to guys all the time, and all I get is excuses of why I can't man up, why I can fix it on my own. That's too much money. Uh, I got to go ask my wife. Uh, I got to go pray on it. I got to go. All these weak excuses of not to be a real man. And it's terrible. It's terrible. If you guys lived in my world, you would throw up. Men these days, we just have no fire, no passion. We don't have it. And it's sickening. It's sickening. I just had a guy tell me his wife is screwing is screwing on with him around on him on another man with another man in his face. And he told me, actually told me, Oh, I can fix this on my own. I got it. Don't even go to mass. Then I had one that does go to mass, still told me the same thing. Wife is in his face, mess around with a man in his face. And he actually had the gall to say, I can fix it on my own. So basically, you're telling God that you got it. You're telling me, hey, you got it. Dude, you're just asking for the Satan to stay in your home. You're asking for it. The pride is so just unmeasurable. The pride in this country with men is so is unmeasurable. And if you keep thinking about it and you think about it, that is why Satan got his butt kicked out of heaven because of his ego. His ego, gentlemen, I I beg you to share these podcasts when you listen to me every single day. Do not sit there and just take this this information in and be selfish about it. Share it. Give it to as many men as you can see, even the ones who think they have good marriages. Share it on your Facebook. Share it on your Spotify. Share it on iHeartRadio. Share it on YouTube. Share it everywhere you can because nobody talks about marriage like me. That's one claim I can say. Nobody talks about marriage like I do. I give you the truth, man, the truth and how to fix it. And I give you the reality of your situation. But see, men, they can't take it because they weak. People can't take the truth because they weak. They like being like Satan. They like embracing their, their selfishness. They like it. It's a whole new Twilight Zone world for them. They love it. So when somebody who truly cares and loves them like you do, You'll go to your friend and say, hey, man, you know, man, you know, you you know, your marriage ain't cool, man. Maybe y'all do this this, and think about this. I got it. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And then they be proud of their divorce. Proud of it. Proud of it. Proud of the divorce got them another woman. Proud of it. And then when that one goes bad, then what do they say? It ain't me. It's her. She's the problem. Dude, you can't win in life like that. You can't win in life like that. It was that was the, if that was their job, they wouldn't talk like that. They wouldn't because they wouldn't get paid them six figures then. So today, I really want us to really get into the point, the thing of our kids. We say the kids are most important in society. We say that because they're so innocent. But then we screw them up, don't we? We all, all of I screwed up mine. You screwed up yours. Your daddy and mama screwed up theirs. <laughs> You know, everybody's got screwed up kids. You know why? Because the kids ain't first. Our, we're first. We're first. In this society, no one believes in divorce, especially when they first get married. They don't believe in divorce until they want one. Nobody believes in divorce until they want one. And it's really sad. It's really sad. And I really get pissed off about it because I... You know, I had to go through 30 years of my parents being divorced, man. And I hated it. I hated it. Every minute of it. Every minute of it. My sister does too. We hated it, man. You every, you know, every time, you know, you invite people over, your mother's married again, or your father, whatever, they's he's married or not married, don't matter. You know, Thanksgiving comes around. Um, Christmas comes around. And you got you to drag your kids to their house or drag the kids to the, your father's house or your mother's house. And, it's, and the grandkids, ask, you know, your kids and your kids ask you all these questions about, well, you know, why mom and daddy, they in different houses and blah, blah, blah. So now you got to do the evil thing and explain to your kids about the evil and that, well, mom and daddy got divorced. Well, what's a divorce? Well, you know, then you got to go through all that stuff. So now your kids are indoctrinated. You know, and it's terrible. It's terrible. It's so terrible. If people could just see the damage that they're causing society, if they could just get along and try their best to get along and sacrifice and sacrifice for one another. Get Satan out of the center of your marriage. If you th- if the key ki- if you think the kids are important, well, hell, sure that's important. Stop dragging the kids all over the place. You know, it's just terrible. And I I, I just hate it. But this is a tough subject. And so we're going to go into it. So why do people say children will be okay in divorce? Why do people always say the kids will be okay? This is the main question that got me to do this podcast. Because I've heard it so many years and it just makes me want to throw up. It does. You know, why do people say children will be okay in divorce? It's only one reason that they say that. Because they're selfish. They're selfish. Selfishness never did anything for anybody but self. You can't get to heaven. You can't even get to purgatory being selfish because that is, again, that is of Satan. That is of evil. Every time I talk to a man, most men I talk to when I talk to for the first time, oh, my wife's a narcissist. They don't even know what a narcissist is. I had a guy yesterday tell me the same thing. He listed off 10 things that a narcissist is that his wife is. Didn't say nothing about himself. Didn't say not one thing about himself. You can't work with a man like that, really. You really can't. He's got too much ego. She's the problem. He's not the problem. You know. Another thing is ego is I have gas. Tell me all the time. I had a guy tell me yesterday. Oh, Our sex was great. We had the best sex ever. It was so passionate. Oh, really? Why is your wife sleeping with another man then? Why is your wife gone? We are just in this society, the men, we are delusional. And I blame the men because we, we are the leaders. We're the ones called to serve, not our wives. We are. And if this is the best our country has to offer, oh my God, no wonder why China's great kick our butt. China is going to kick our butt. everybody knows it just a matter of time. the war's coming, and you better be ready stop being in a, in a you know stop being in a, in a delusional world man and wake up and see what we're see what's what's happening. the family listen we are all moral degenerates we are that's look at our country everybody's in a dream world everybody they are. We really believe that there's not a war come between China and us. We really don't. Well, it's not if if the war does come, well, our country's too big to be affected, really. Hey, I'm out here. I'm out here in Texas. I'm in Texas. That that bomb ain't gonna do nothing to me. Them Chinamen ain't gonna do nothing to me. That's how people really think. If it don't directly affect them, they don't care. That's why my job is so hard, and I'm not trying to be a pity party. I'm just saying... My job is very difficult to try to convince people that of the, the, the reality of their situation, especially men, and they don't want to see it. They don't. They don't. That's why their kids are in hell. That's why their marriage and their house is in hell. They can't even see their way out of it. And selfishness is the is the is the pure is the pure evil of what is that what is going on. And the hardest part is to see past ourselves. The hardest part is to look in the mirror and say, you know what? My wife is sleeping with another man, probably because of me. What did I do to cause my wife to sleep with another man? What did I do? And you know why I can sit here and say it? Because my first wife did it on me. I was an idiot. I was, what, 30, 28, 29, 30 years old when it happened. Maybe 31, 32. I don't even remember no more. So that's thirty years ago, basically. I, I'm telling you, I had no clue. I was clueless. So I can sit here and tell you that what I'm saying is is not a joke, man. It's reality. I had to look in the mirror and say, man, why why would your wife sleep with another man? You work every day. You know, you go to work every day. You work hard. You know. You make decent money. You're not rich enough, but you make decent money. You take care of all her needs, to take care of the kids' needs. Didn't matter, did it? Me and think if I go to work and bring home the bacon, I'm good. I'm sacrificing for her. I gave her everything. I gave that, you know what, everything. And this is how she does me. Well, obviously, you didn't give her all you thought you did. Or you didn't give her what she needed. The clue, I'm going to say like I tell all the guys all the time. You don't need me to get your wife back. You don't. Hell, my work, My first wife came back four times. Talked to a guy yesterday. His wife came back twice. You don't need me to get your wife back. You know what you need me for? To keep her there forever when she does. That's what you need me for. Because you can get her back might be 10 times she'd leave and come back. But your marriage will never be right. It'll always be on edge. And that's what you need me for, to teach you the habits and the skills to keep your wife in your house happy and fulfilled for the rest of your marriage, which is the rest of your life. You can't tell guys that. They can only see what's right in front of them, which is why their wife's gone. And you don't have to listen to me. Just ask any woman. Put my podcast on to any woman and let her listen to it. She loves me. She loves me. At first, when she starts to listen, she'll go, man, that dude's crazy. Then she'll start to really hear what I'm saying and go, oh, my God, that's me. That's my husband. That's him. And that's the truth, man. And I feel sorry for all of us. I really do. I really, really do. We're so engulfed in in Satan and our own selfish pleasures, we can't even see the love that our children need. We can't. So that's it. Next question is, why are kids the most important until the parents want a divorce? Why are kids the most important until the parents want a divorce? Easy, because the kids never were and never should be the most important in a family in the first place. People always want to thrust their kids above God or thrust their kids above marriage. Dude, you ought to hear, I put like, I've been putting out shorts right on um, YouTube and the current video I'm on is uh, the, the if, if you, if you have been listening to me for like the last four or five months, you know, I did a series called, uh, you know, uh, clues your wife wants a divorce. So now I'm taking out that, that those videos and putting them in the shorts, which are like, YouTube and, and it's like YouTube shorts and, um, and TikTok. you know, you put like a minute or less video up. And so of course in the minute video, you can only put, you know, you got to entertain folks. So you can't put the deep down and dirty. And I, the one I'm on now is my wife says the kids come first and you should hear all the crap I get. The kids should always come first, no matter what. You're crazy. My husband says you're full of, you know what? You know, people are real tough. People are real tough behind computer screens, ain't they? <laughs> you should hear them. But you know what? What I'm saying is the truth if you just listen. How can, if kids, you can't put your kids, make your kids God because that's what people do, especially liberals. The kids, they have one kid and that kid is the most important thing in their life. Then the kid grows up and hates them. They don't know what happened. What did I do? I gave them everything. I loved them with all my heart. I sent them to the best schools. I gave them all my money. I gave them whatever. I gave them all the Apple products. I gave them Apple, the iPhone, the iPad, the iPod, the i whatever. And they still hate me. I can't. My she's fourteen and she hates us. She hates us. So then, what they try to do become their kids' friend. Then now they're gonna be their kids' friend, which is worse, right? You can't be your kids' parent and your kids' friend. It's a contradiction of it's a contradiction. You either got to be their parent or you got to be their friend. I got wives all the time to do that. Try to make their kids, their husband. They think their husband don't love them, and so what they do is they make their kids, they 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 jack up the kids and make the kids their friend to go up against Big Bad Daddy. So Big Bad Daddy is her husband. You know, he's the bad man. See how he treated me. So kids, we're going to gang up on him. We're going to all hate him. Dude, you, you 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 would not believe the crap I see. <laughs> you would not believe it. Kids should never be first. God's got to be first. Your wife in marriage got to be first. Or if you're a woman, God's got to be first. Your husband... And your marriage has to be second. The kids are always third and yourselves are last. If you have that order of priority, you will have a beautiful marriage. Because you and your husband will will kind of start to see who can serve each other the best. You will. That's how the great marriages are. The husband and wife are trying to see who can serve each other the best, who can love each other the most it's a fun little unsaid game that people in terrible marriages or mediocre marriages have no idea. And so the reason the kids can't come first is because you need the grace from God to have to keep your wife happy, to keep your kids settled. We think that we're the ones that create a great marriage. I didn't create nothing. God created it from the grace. When I got married in the Catholic church, that grace is a sacrament and that, that, that grace fulfilled my wife. And keeps me on point of serving God, then guess what? The kids are happy. The kids then are happy. They feel good. They love their mother and father. They see their mother and father hugging each other and kissing each other and being playful with each other. The kids love it. But that comes from not being selfish. If you do, if you put your kids above God in your marriage. What happens when the kids hate you? What happens when the kids don't do what you say? What happens when you got, when your marriage breaks up? Then the kids get split up. What happens then, man? What happens then? Because your kids will never get over divorce. Never, ever, ever. They won't. You have to serve God first and you must serve your spouse second. You have to. Because the children do not want a a broken home. And they deserve that. They have a right to a united home. They have a right. I had a woman say, well, the kids didn't ask to be here. Yes, you're right. The kids didn't ask to be here. So that's why you and God and your spouse are important. Have to be in the forefront. Because your kids can't create a great marriage. Your kids can't create a great family. Only you, God, and your wife can, or your you, God, and your husband can. Okay? Next, according to Christ and his church, what are the only acceptable reasons for separation in marriage? So we've covered this a whole lot, right? There are only two reasons that God and his church allow for a couple to separate. One is physical abuse. Two is infidelity. And that is only until they, skip, they get that problem corrected. Just like a drug or well, alcoholic. You can't keep a hold of alcoholism against the alcoholic if he's going to AA and he hasn't drunk in five years. He hasn't drunk a drink in five years. You can't keep dogging that man out of all the stuff he did in the past. And so that is why God doesn't allow divorce, because things change when a person corrects themselves and gets their life together. Then the love starts to come back. The awareness of what I'm supposed to do comes. And then if your wife didn't already divorced you and married somebody else, you guys can't come back together, can you? That makes a that makes it very hard to do, right? This is why you separate. You allow that person to get their life together. And once they do, you accept them back and you love them. You said you would. You said that I'm going to love this man for the rest of my life. That's what you said. That's what you said. You said, I'm going to love that woman for the rest of my life, no matter what she does in sickness and in health. That's what you said. But no, we all want to break our promise when we ain't happy no more. or We think we're not happy. Then we get sick. Oh, my God, I really loved my wife. Oh, my God, I really loved my husband. Because when you get sick, don't none of that, that petty stuff matter no more, does it? You get cancer and none of that stuff happens, doesn't happen anymore, does it? Doesn't doesn't matter anymore, does it? I had a guy that was in my program for six months or a year—I forgot how long it was—and I had he he disappeared like a lot of guys do, but he he was gone. I couldn't understand because he was there at least once a week to the group meetings and stuff. So last month, or the or in June, I think it was June, he came to the group meeting. I was like, oh my god. He can't. What's he doing? I, at first, I was not go let him in. Like, man, you've been gone all this time. man. What you were here for? But you know what? Something told me to let him in. Something told me to let him in. I let him in and it's like four or five people before he said it's his turn. And he said, hey, Jerry, how you doing? I said, I, I'm, I'm we're doing good, man. Where you been? But when I first right when I saw him, I knew something was wrong. I knew something was wrong. He had lost a lot of weight. He was really pale. Um, he was pale for a white dude, so you know that's real pale. <laughs> he was pale. His hair was really thin. And I said, "Man, what's what's wrong?" He said, "Oh, well, I got stage five or stage four lung cancer or something." And um, he said, "Man, I just wanted to come in to thank you so much." for saving my marriage. He said, I just, I just, I just had to come and thank you. And, um, I, he said, I don't know how much longer I'm gonna be around, but there's nothing they can do. But I want to make sure that I came to you and the guys in this group. And I want to let all of you know that I'm so thankful. You know, my wife came home, me and the kids, all of us got back together and my marriage has just been great. And then I get this disease and, you know, from there. And, dude, it it was sad. It was bad. You know, when all that, when you get sick, man, all the little petty stuff doesn't matter anymore. She did this. He did that. She did this. He did that. All that stuff doesn't mean anything anymore. It doesn't. And so this is why I beg you, this is why I try so hard. My wife, my first wife, she died of leukemia while we were in divorce court. (laughs) You can't, you can't, almost can't get no worse than that. And I can't get that back. And this is why I try so hard, man. But you know, you can only lead a horse to water. You can't make him drink. And, you know, I get upset and I get frustrated. Um, But, you know, the thing about it is, man, I've got to charge you something and I've got to charge. I've got to eat and I've got to, When you come to me, I've got to charge you something. You I mean, you're in a marriage crisis and you have we as husbands have allowed our marriage to degrade so bad. It's going to take a long time to get you out of that. And that's not going to happen for $50 a month, man. That's why when you go to a marriage counselor, they charge you $50 or $100 a month. Man, that ain't that. They don't work, does it? It don't work, does it? Because it takes a lot. And they'll charge you that $100 for years and years and years. You know why? Because they're really trying to help you. But, man, it just doesn't work out. And so when you get real, real help, man, it costs. When you, just like if you, when you get cancer, it costs to get out of that. The hospital don't say, hey, man, just give me $200, man, and I got you. They don't say that. It takes a lot to operate on somebody, to get somebody out of a traumatic situation on their body or the relationship. And you guys got to start understanding that, man. Yeah, I love what I do, and I'm passionate about what I do, but any man in my program will tell you that the money that they're charged is not even close. It's not even close to the value they get. And that's 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 how it is. And this is why I talk to you the way I do, because I want you to understand that you can get out of any situation you can, but you've got to do it right. You gotta do it in the right order. Okay? So real quick, it's going to be real quick. We're going to do one more thing. We're going to go over um, what, what do Christ and his church decree about the effects of divorce? So this is from the catechism of the Catholic Church, Christ church. Um, and so this is, this, is, this is called, this is sacred tradition, sacred tradition. You have sacred scripture, which is, of course, the Bible. Then you have sacred tradition, which is the catechism of the Catholic Church. It is it, the tradition of of the interpretation of the scripture. This is why that the catechism is so valuable to any Christian. You should have your nose deep in it because it explains all the scripture. It's divinely it's divinely um um uh divinely uh, interpreted, and it helps you to understand in practical ways what Christ is trying to tell you about his about his church and his religion. Okay, and about life. Okay. So in the Catechism of the Catholic Church in the Catholic Church, this is what it says about, about uh divorce is paragraph 2384. So quote, divorce is a grave offense against the natural law. So the natural law is what? The Ten Commandments of God. Okay. It's what is written on our hearts as as, as people. This is how you know that murder is wrong, stealing's wrong, rape is wrong because God wrote that on our heart. So that's the natural law, okay? So divorce is a grave offense against the natural law. It claims to break the contract to which the spouses freely consented to live with each other till death. Divorce does injury to the covenant of salvation of which sacramental marriage is the sign. Contracting a new union, even if it is recognized by civil law, as to the gravity of the rupture. So even though divorce is, re- is recognized by the state, it do- that doesn't stop the rupture in, in time. It doesn't stop the rupture in, uh, in society, okay? The, uh, the remarried spouse is then in a situation of public and permanent adultery. If a husband separated from his wife approaches another woman, he is an adulterer because he makes that woman commit adultery. And the woman who lives with him is adulteress because she has drawn another's husband to herself. Paragraph 2,385. Divorce is immoral also because it introduces disorder into the family and into society. So let's get it, let's get it clear. What is disorder? Disorder means absence of God. Used to be that's what they said about homosexuality in all the all the all the um the medical journals and everything. It was disorder. Now they changed it, didn't they? And look at the rampantness of it now. Look at the rapidness of divorce. Look at it. Do the stuff that the, look the church knows everything. Two thousand years ain't nothing they ain't came across ain't nothing that God has not revealed to them to His church. So. This disorder brings grave harm to the deserted spouse, to children traumatized by the separation of their parents and often torn between them. And because of its contagious effect, which makes it truly a plague on society. This is, this is the travesty of divorce and what it does to the children who we say we love so much. If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help visit save my Catholic for an opportunity to work with me personally personally, for free. Yes, within thirty days, learn how to become a better husband that attracts your wife back to you. Visit Save My Catholic dot com and get a plan tailored specific to your marriage and situation. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me the chance to help you using my personal and gained experience. Visit Save My Catholic dot com for superior coaching for your marriage. Again, Save My Catholic dot com. That's Save All right. All right. We are back. We are back. And so what we are going to do is we're going to get into the top 12 reasons that children would not survive divorce. Now, look, this is again, as I said before, this is things that I've seen in my experience, which is vast, you know, but it's not the only things I'm sure while I'm reading these, I want you guys To think about your own, like think about other ways that that kids are hurt by divorce and won't survive. Another thing, too, when you when you marry a divorced woman, not a widow now, that's different. When you marry a divorced woman as a man, you got to know what you're getting into. You get into a lot of pain, a lot of trauma. You get into a lot of baggage that that woman has had in her failed marriage. And she's going to bring that to you. And if you, as a man, don't know how to handle it, you will be divorced or you're going to be miserable as hell. You are. Okay. So that's just a little tidbit that I want you guys to realize. Okay. My job as a coach is when I'm coaching you is to teach you how to. If you, I come, I come, I have a lot of guys in my program that is their second marriage. So I have to. T- and so basically, if that's their second marriage, guess what that means? That means they got a failed a failed first marriage, right? So now they're on their second. They're on their second failed marriage. So I've got to teach them through whatever means necessary to get them to understand the pain and the trauma and the baggage they're dealing with with their wife. And no psychiatrist can teach them that. None that I know of. Which they, you know, I don't know every psychiatrist. I'm just saying. You have to understand what it takes to heal a woman who is an emotional being, not a logical being, because of nurturing of how to get how to help her get rid of her trauma so that she can be the wife that you need. Nobody that I know of can has put a program together that can do that. OK, so the top reasons children would not survive. So while I'm reading these and going through them, I want you the the same thing. I want you to be thinking of other other things, other things, reasons that things have happened that you can think of that that children are hurt. Because some of you, I I know some of you are come from divorced homes and stuff. I know you do. So you know like more than you probably know more than I do about it, or as much as I do. You know, you've got, you, you you know, some stuff that I probably won't, hey, matter of fact, just go ahead and put the stuff in the comments. If, if I say, if I don't say what you think, what you, what you thought of, put it in the comments, man. You know, I know y'all don't like doing comments and stuff. That's just, I know how it is. But if you feel like you do, go ahead and do it. Or call, right? 313 Radical. <laughs> so, number one, there's a very high chance that they will become divorced as well. That is the top one that is the top one none of these these are not in a in a in a any kind of order but this is probably the top one that if you were divorced if your parents were divorced you're probably going to be divorced too because it's like a dna thing man it kind of carries along that it's called generational spirit that generational spirit just kind of follows you follows your daddy and then follows you, and then it follows your son, and then his son, and it just keeps going right on and right on. Girls too, generational spirit. If you don't know what generational spirits are, go to uh, Census Fidelium on YouTube and pull up. It's called Census Fidelium. Father Ripperger, generational spirits, and his videos will come up. You click on whatever one you want, and he'll he'll rock you. He'll tell you what's up with that kind of stuff. Okay. If you're, again, if your parents were divorced, there's a good chance that you will be divorced too. Why? Because you inadvertently, unconsciously, you learn how to quit. Well, my parents were divorced. That's why a lot of people that stay together, their parents were married for 50 years or something, or one of the parents died. Maybe they were married for 30 years or something, you know. And that's how, you know, and that's how you want to be. That's why being a widow doesn't, a widow, a widower doesn't count. I mean, divorce, actually divorced people. Okay. Next, during holidays, having to go to separate houses. That's a bummer. That, that, that hurts your kids big time. Having to go to mama's house on this time and then daddy's house at this time. Well, if they have at this, then they get, then the parents get to this, they get into this, uh, What do you call it? This back and forth where they have the stuff at the same time. So then the kids don't know where to go. They got their own kids and stuff. By now, they don't even know what to do. Poor, poor people. They don't, you know. And then if the mother and father are still mad at each other, then it's way, way worse, ain't it? Then you got the uh, the opposite end stream. You got the mother and the father. They try to act like they get along. They try to act like they get along and which is kind of sickening too. You know, well, we couldn't get along when we was married, but y'all, we getting along now. It's just so hypocritical. You couldn't get along when you was married, but now you're so proud that you can get along when you're divorced. Oh, we, we don't fight no more. We we're, we're very good. We like each other now. <laughs> and your kids are going, huh? What? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so who we got? Oh, okay, I got one. Somebody's in a comment it says uh man, I can't see it. I'm so blind. Oh here it goes. The kids start acting out in school because they lost both parents. Not having a mom and dad affects them too. It's embarrassing to them. Oh man, that's a good one. I wish I to put I didn't put that one on there mo. I didn't put that one on there. Thanks man. that's a good one. <laughs> Number three being thrust. Being thrust into stepkid status by their parents' new hubby. How do you think your kids like that one? Yeah. We ain't even married. So you divorced their daddy. Then you're gonna get you a new hubby, and then you bring the hubby around. You bring the hubby around and you sleep it over there, and the hubby sleeps over there, and you introduce the hubby to the new kids, to, to not to your kids and stuff. Then you and maybe y'all might get married, and so now they're step kids with these other kids that they have no idea who they are, and so those kids got to get along, dude. Kids, kids are just so sad with that; they hate it. I had the same thing; I had to do too. I had to bring, I had to bring a family together because they call it blended families. Oh, we we're just so delusional. You bring the blended family together. And so I had to, you know, I had to, my daughter and my kids and all of that. We had to get everybody to come together. and You know, it, it's, it's you know, it's just, man, it's just never like it should be, man. It's not. And so that's how I can sit here and talk about it, okay? Next, uh, number four, being made to choose between who they want to live with. Isn't this from hell? Isn't that one from hell, y'all? Being, You have kids, and you ask them to choose who they want to live with. I got men all the time. Men, we so weak. We so weak. He's, he was all proud. Oh, yeah. My, my kids, they don't like my wife. They like me. I'm like, dude, are you? Do you hear yourself? You proud that your kids like you more than your wife? It doesn't matter if you're in marriage crisis or not, if you're in divorce or not, you're getting divorced or not. That is from hell, dude. That is from hell. You sitting there relishing in the fact that your kids like you better than your wife, or they want to live. How did God tell me? Yeah, they want to live with me. They want to live with me. They don't want to live with her. I'm like, dude, do you see what you're saying? Get your life together, man. Get your life together. That's the key. Your kid's mother. The woman you said you're going to spend the rest of your life with. That's what you said. Ugh, anyway, don't get me started, man. Okay. We put sit—we I, I hate it when we as adults we put adult decisions in the hands of kids. Kids aren't... If a kid is 17 years old and below, especially below 15... They are not adequate to be deciding who they're going to live with and stuff. If they're going to visit their mom and daddy and all that kind of crazy stuff. You can't, you, you know, you can't do, we can't do that to children, man. They're not ready for that. That's their mother and their father. They're not ready for that. Come on. You know, we, we put, we tell our kids, Oh, my kid should, my kid should, uh, uh, be able to pick their own religion when when I will will pick their own religion when they get older, when they get grown, they could pick with they could pick what they, they want to do with their with their soul. Are you insane? If you don't get your kid baptized as a baby and you wait till you are you and you wait till your kid is uh 20 years old, your kid's not coming to God, dude. Your kid is gonna, if your kid is not formed by the church, your kid will be formed by Satan. You best believe it. Look at all the kids out there right now. They're miserable. Next. Uh see. The parents stopped disciplining the children. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. Number five. Being emotionally and psychologically damaged for life. So we we think the kids are gonna be all right, but they're not all right. You know, um uh they're they're oh, I got a call. So let me do this call, let me let me do this number five, and then I'll pick you up. Um They're they're not all right. We think that psychologically and and emotionally the kids are damaged. And so they are when they're divorced. They're emotionally and psychologically damaged for life because their families broke up. That's why they get divorces too. Okay? And so it's good that, that you guys understand that kids are fragile. They're strong and resilient, but they're also fragile. The stuff that we do to them, it can carry on for the rest of their life. And splitting up their family is one of them that adults don't get over. They don't. Okay. So that being said, I'm going to take a call real quick. Let me um, get up my proper scene. And I hope that this, hope that my technology is working today. So
1: talk. Good morning Jerry hey good morning how are you doing pretty good Jerry um I just
0: wanted to elaborate
1: on what you were just saying right now um most people do not realize when you're going through a divorce the kids go through the divorce too um I am you know you know me this is why yeah and so um I, this is my second marriage when my first marriage I didn't really sit and realize you know after the fact what happened to my sons my son didn't really start acting out until like the, it was almost like a year after the divorce when he realized that he wasn't going to be with his mother no more. Cause when I divorced my first wife, the kids ended up staying with me. My two sons stayed with me and not having that nurture around. Cause I'm starting with the boys, you know, I you know, we had the yin and yang going on in the house. She was the nurturer and I was the provider. So we had a good system going on when that divorce happens. And my son wasn't getting that nurturing from his mother. He acted out in school. And he was rebellious to all the female figures in the school because he saw what was happening in the marriage. So that's why it's always, you got to be careful around your kids, what you say and what you do around them. What happened between me and my first wife actually turned my sons against the mother because they saw her. She just bust up and left. And left me with the kids, so they felt abandoned. I felt abandoned, too. But what I did not do and what no parents should do is talk to your kids like they're your best friend. Amen, that's the worst brother. thing you can do. one of the
0: worst things you can do.
1: That's yes. the worst. I don't know if that's <laughs> on your list or not, but that's the worst thing you can do is when you you sitting up there talking to them like they some grown-ups. Like oh, grown. yeah, Johnny did this, and, and, and Sue did this. If your mother, she's a cunt and blah, 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 you can't do that. No. You know, and then uh, some of the kids, and even with the grown kids, you can't sit up there and start you can't. smoking and drinking with them. And you you trying to console them. The stuff you should be telling your pastor, your psychiatrist, you can't do that. I see a lot of people do that. And it just messed up the family dynamics together. And then you did that with that first wife. And then you get married and try to have a blended family. The kid's still stuck on what the hell just happened with the first marriage. And you're trying to jump up and do it again. You yeah. can't do that. So now both kids, not his kids is in calamity with each other because they're trying to figure out what the two parents are doing. And don't let the other parent be a divorcee too. Yeah, And y'all get together. That's just a big mess. I advise everybody, before you get remarried, go to some form of therapy. Talk with somebody that's in, up under the clock. Go talk to some God figure outside of your family. Don't talk with your family members. They make it worse. Well, what you got to make it worse.
0: What you got to do, man, is really look really the people who are successful in second marriages. They look at themselves and they fix themselves. They like, they work on themselves and get themselves together and so that right there, like they might be, they might go to God and get closer to God. They might learn how to communicate better. They might learn about what a real, what a man is or a woman is to to, to be able to, to draw my wife or my husband back to me or something. And so that right there alone, once you get yourself together, then you automatically draw dif- the
1: right kind of spouse to you anyway. The right kind of person. But you know what? You know what though, a lot of people don't see themselves as a problem. They just look at the situation exactly. as a problem.
0: Like yes, like, and, um, like and I use myself.
1: Yep. And I use myself for example with my first marriage. I didn't see myself as a problem. I just thought a situation oh you know, she jumped up and cheated and left. And I didn't knew what the what the to win. You gotta do the Ws. What, when, where and how. And you know, now that I'm in this program with you. I'm looking at the what and when, where and how. The first thing that I wasn't doing with either marriage, I wasn't praying over my wife. I wasn't praying over my family. I was praying for situation, but I was supposed to pray every day regardless. That's the main thing that wasn't happening. Now that I'm sitting back doing all this reflecting, like, dang, this could have been prevented in my first marriage. And it's deja vu because, you know, everything comes back into a repetitive circle until you fix it. You know, so I'm looking at, like you said, with your first marriage, you went into the same thing going into your second marriage. Jerry, Lord behold, I'm going through the same exact thing in my second marriage because I wasn't paying attention. And it's affecting my daughter. It's affecting mm-hmm. my stepkids. My stepkids love me to death. And I've been more father to them. I've been more dad to them. me get it right. They father is the biological, but I've been a daddy to them since they've been babies. Yeah, So... They looking at this dynamic. They not only losing me, they losing what I did for their mother because the the oldest daughter, she said to me not too long ago, I don't know if I told you this in the program, she said, she called me old person. She said, instead of saying dad, she called me her old man. That's our little nickname for each other. Mm -hmm. She say, old man, you turned my mom into a woman and you turned her into a mother. And we're going to, if we lose you, we're going to lose that. And that was the most profound profound thing that a child can say. So this is a now she's 25 and said this. Now my 11 year old said, she said, oh no. You know, we pay attention, this is another another thing too, and I think I brought this up. We pay attention to my wife's menstrual cycle. And it's very important too. And I don't know kids need to the kids that's up at age and knows about this should pay attention to that they know how to come to the parent and not and what not what to say and what not to say. They was like, oh she's a beast to be around Around that time of month, and Daddy, you're the one who helps stars that up. If you're not here, I don't want to be here. <laughs> and that's that's a, you know, and that's messed up that the kids can see this. So they don't want to choose sides. They trying to be neutral. They just want us to work this out to however means to do. Daddy, that's you gonna right. fix this? And this is what my baby said Monday. She said <laughs> She said Daddy, you gonna fix this right? I said, baby, I'm working on. It. I'm praying. Jesus, please answer my daddy. This is what my baby said. And walked out and went outside and started playing. But back to the subject at hand, the kids, you you divorcing your wife or your husband, you divorcing the kids too, if, that, if I can say it like that. You, even though the kids gonna go back and forth, that split hurts the kids mentally, emotionally, and physically. I lived through it. I didn't never go through no divorce myself, but me going through it with my older kids, I see what happened. I saw what happened. Yeah. Now my youngest son, I got three boys. So, and my wife got three girls Count my daughter that I had with her. But, you can see right now what's going on. What happened to my first wife and my three sons by my first wife, it traumatized him. The other two boys was able to handle but the baby boy, it messed him up real bad. He out in the streets right now. Right. I'm battling that too. So not only that I'm feeling bad about what's going on in my marriage right now, maybe a potential divorce or, you know, she just going through the motions because she's mad at me. And I got to work across some feelings and be the man in the house. But that also put my son on the back burner. And I got to pull back and try to fight to get her back together to help me get him back, you right. know, home. So that it, it's a hindrance with the word divorce. Divorce should be not a void, period, because the church needs to step up. The church, the Catholic church, the Protestant church, all the churches. Need to step up and really uphold what's in the Bible, right? Especially when it comes to our kids. Because my wife,
0: my wife says all the time, and I've and I've heard this from other deacons and, and pastors and priests and stuff. They say, you know, when we divorce, the kids, the kids, the the, the cross is dropped and the kids pick it up. You know, yeah, the kids, the kids carry that cross in the divorce and marriage maintenance is the key, man. That you know, you learn how. Your wife is, your wife learns how you are, and then you do things and keep the marriage going good by doing marriage maintenance. Um, and kids ain't stupid, man. We do we think well the kids ain't going remember that, the kids remember everything.
1: They remember oh, everything. Yeah, they remember so it. my son, uh my oldest son, he talks about he, you know, he goes back and forth to to my wife. He checks on my ex-wife and checks on her, and he he says right now. The people that she's dating on, she always brings up my name. Well, my, my husband, wait a minute, you talking past present tense. Like, this is still the person that you're dealing with. Jerry, tell me why the guy she was dating a couple of years back called me. He was like, you don't know me, and I don't know you. But I can kind of tell what happened there. She still loves you, and wish y'all could have just been and communicate. I said, that's what it was. It wasn't no communication. She felt right. one way, and I felt the other. That I was working, and I was too busy to sit and listen. I was trying to be the hero. Make sure the bill was paid. Make sure there's food on the table. Make sure she had the coats and the furs and the shoes didn't mean nothing. Her feelings was hurt, right. and lack of feelings or lack of compassion or or just consoling, wanting a hug when you wanted it caused all of this. And that's exactly what's going on now. I sit back and listen to my my current wife. I listen to her on the phone. At first, you know, she told me, "Oh, you put his hands on me." Now the truth is coming out. All that gaslighting stopped. Well, it's because he wasn't listening to me. He was always so busy. I was like, dang, I was. So I got to go,
0: man. Um, But yeah, I agree what you said, man. Thanks for for calling, okay?
1: Thank you, Jerry. All right, bye. All right, bye-bye.
0: If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help, Visit com for an opportunity to work with me personally for free. Yes, within 30 days, learn how to become a better husband that attracts your wife back to you. Visit com and get a plan tailored specific to your marriage and situation. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me the chance to help you using my personal and gained experience. Visit com for superior coaching for your marriage. Again, Marriage.com. That's marriage.com to become the man God created you to be and the husband your wife needs. Lastly, I always get the question, why don't you help women? And I always answer them, I do. So, for all of you beloved wives out there that want to reignite that feeling of emotional closeness and complete love from your hubby, consider marriage coaching and visit save my for an improved marriage within 30 days. All right. All right, everybody. Thank y'all for hanging out today. And so I didn't get through all of them. I got to number five. So on the next show, which is tomorrow, I will go from six to, uh, to 12. And I have a bonus. Now that I talk to our caller. <laughs> so, hey, thank you for hanging out. I hope y'all gotten something out of this. Um, you can turn it around. You can turn it around. You really can, but it's, it takes work and takes humility. Uh, with that being said, as we always do, we end with a quote from Pope Benedict XVI, which states, society offers you comfort, but you weren't made for comfort You were made for greatness. So go forth, Christian soldier. The spiritual fight is upon you. Fast, pray, and prepare for battle. Thank you for listening in today. If what you heard helped you in any way and you would like more personal attention, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior marriage coaching. And remember to join the Catholic Alpha Radical Live podcast as a caller or listener every Tuesday through Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern. To join as a caller, dial area code 313-RADICAL.